episode 21 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, feminism, and of course, self-care. And today's episode is a solo episode. I don't have a guest joining me. Rather, I wanted to speak from the heart after a long couple of weeks. I actually put a poll on my Instagram stories this week asking which topic you guys wanted to hear an episode about, and 65% of you voted on an episode on breakups. So here we are. (laughs) Breakups are one of those things that can really mess with your mental health in the sense that if you get external validation from your partner or being with someone else fills a gap for you, when that's gone, it can be easy to go into a negative spiral of self-doubt and self-hatred and layer on top of that any pre-existing mental health issues, and it can be really intense. I haven't really been talking about my personal life too much online lately, but I have gone through a breakup recently, and I definitely went through all the motions and all the feelings, and I'm at a place now where I feel comfortable enough to talk about those things and also share how I've been able to be really resilient through it and have something really heartbreaking turn into a positive, particularly in how I approach work and self-love. And I think reframing our perspective on breakups is really important in that it can be a really great learning experience for self-awareness. So before I jump into how to shift that perspective and the 10 self-care tips for dealing with a breakup, I want to talk about the three types of breakups that I see because while every breakup is a little bit different, they tend to fall into three categories and based on those categories, your perspective of yourself and how to move forward might be different. So three types of breakups. One is the toxic breakup where it wasn't a good fit to begin with probably, there was some sort of major conflict. These are the types of breakups that usually end in a heated argument, somebody massively messing up and everything about the relationship and the breakup became really toxic. The second kind of breakup is a breakup out of boredom. So this is where you've been with the person for at least a few months, but maybe a few years, and the honeymoon phase is over, you're no longer obsessed with the person that you're with, and you both kind of just fall out of love and maybe start taking each other for granted, and the relationship just isn't what it used to be, so you break up. The third type of breakup is one based on bad timing, whether it's meeting someone at the wrong stage of life or there's distance. These breakups happen despite loving someone. It seems like there's no feasible way to make it work. And if the timing was different, maybe you'd still be together. So as far as perspectives coming out of these breakups, here's what I tend to see. Here's what I think. The first is the toxic breakup. So it's really easy to put the blame on yourself, even though you know that it wasn't a good fit and that things ended for a really good reason, there's still often some conflicted feelings there. But the perspective coming out of this kind of toxic relationship should really be to be happy that it's over (laughs) and to learn from that experience what you deserve and want in a healthy relationship. 
One of my favorite quotes about love that really reflects on this for me is, we accept the love we think we deserve, and nobody deserves a toxic relationship. But if we have a toxic view of ourselves, that's often what we end up with. So number two, for the second type of breakup, you know, the ones from boredom or falling out of love, the perspective that I think it's important to have afterwards is that everything happens for a reason. And as much as it might be a really melancholy, bittersweet feeling to let go of something that used to be really good, it's also important to look ahead and know that there's a reason that things have ended and a reason to move on from it. And from the third type of breakup, the ones caused by bad timing, I personally find these the hardest to get over because you probably still have really strong feelings for the person and it seems completely unfair that life isn't letting it work out as you want it to. The what ifs are the worst but the perspective coming out of this type of breakup is that if it's meant to be, it will be. And I think there's a little bit of peace in that. So no matter which type of breakup it was, you're probably not going to get over it right away, even if it was a really toxic relationship. And even if you know that long-term, this is the best decision for you or that you're going to be way happier in the end. It's normal to feel this pit in your stomach when a relationship ends because at one point it was exactly what you wanted, but now it's time to make room for some self-love. So here's 10 ways to practice self-care while going through a breakup. Number one is to be present with your emotions. Go through them all. Cry your eyes out and like an ugly, heavy cry. Get mad if you have a reason to be mad. Let it all out in a moment where you don't have to bottle everything up. And then breathe. Number two is to do all of the typical sad breakup things. Watch a sad rom-com. Listen to sad songs. Be a lonely blob who says no to going out with your friends. But here's the catch. You only get to do this for like a week maximum, okay? Seven days max. That's it. Because we need to move on to number three. And number three is you have to spend time with your friends. The best ones will probably have already tried to force you out with them, knowing that you're a sad blob, and those are the keepers. Surround yourself with those people that you can be completely honest, transparent, and yourself with. People that you can be sad with, that you can be angry with, who are going to support you in all of those emotions and that entire roller coaster. So whether that's getting together with friends in person or having a Skype or FaceTime date with a best friend who lives far away. And this is really underrated, but good for your soul. I try to FaceTime a couple of my best friends once a week or every two weeks, and I think that having that hour or two to just completely catch up with people that you're close with and have those deep talks is really therapeutic. Number four is superficial, stereotypical, quote-unquote, self-care. Retail therapy, getting your favorite bottle of wine or your favorite Starbucks order just because, maybe getting your nails done or a new haircut, 
buying new plants or going on a shopping haul at Lush and making the best bubble bath of all time, (laughs) whatever that stereotypical self-care thing is that you love, you have to do it and you have to do it guilt-free. Eat the cake. Number five is dogs. (laughs) Pretty self-explanatory, but seriously, pets are the best self-care. And I love my cat Rose with my whole heart. She is my love, but she is also not the kind of cat you can take on a walk on a sunny day. So find a friend with a dog, offer to walk your neighbor's dog, go to a park and find a dog. However, wherever you need a dog in your life, Also, if you live in a big city, I recently found this app called Dog Time. It's kind of like a mix of Uber and Tinder, but for dogs. So if you're really desperate and you don't have a friend with a dog, you can download this app, Dog Time, and literally borrow someone's dog for a walk. Great, right? Number six is to get back into hobbies that you dropped. So when you get into a serious relationship with someone, it's easy to lose parts of yourself because you probably have less alone time. So it's easy to want to spend all of your spare time with your significant other and drop some of your personal hobbies. Well, now that you are no longer in that relationship, take this time to get back doing what you love. If you're a writer or a musician or you love to play sports or video games and you stopped doing some of that because your time was spent with your partner, it's time to get back into those things. Hobbies are a great fuel for self-care and also can be a good creative outlet to express some of what you're feeling right now, or they can be a great distraction. So I used to sing all of the time when I was younger. I did singing lessons, I was in musical theater and choir, and I sang at coffee houses. And as I got older, I let go of that hobby a little bit. So through this last breakup, I picked it up again and I actually started songwriting, which has been really healing through everything and something that I'm so glad I'm doing again and I probably wouldn't have gotten back into if I was still seeing somebody. Number seven is to try something new. Whether it's getting into a new hobby or just doing a one-off project or an experiment or a side hustle, sometimes you need that newness feeling to get out of your comfort zone and slump and to reignite yourself. So you could join a new club or read a new book or pick up something completely random and give it a shot. I bought tarot cards (laughs) and I started doing tarot readings for myself, which yes, I know is totally hocus pocus, but it's surprisingly been a really fun way to deal with uncertainties and give myself a reason to research and learn something new that I probably wouldn't have done with my previous relationship. Number eight is to put your energy and focus into killing it at work. This is one that I had a really hard time with because when you're heartbroken, the last thing you want to do is be productive, but I also get a lot of joy from my work and specifically from the positive results that I can provide my clients. So I really decided to channel my energy and instead of feeling sad for myself, put that energy to good use in producing really great work, which in turn 
made me feel 10 times better because now I've done something that I can feel proud of and something tangible. And I think a lot of times we are with someone or we yearn for a relationship because we want that external validation that we are worthy. But you can also get that validation from other things like your work and your career. And so it's a win-win to put yourself back into work mode. Number nine is to take yourself on a date or multiple dates. This is one of my new favorite things and was also something that I was afraid of doing for a really long time, spending time alone. Weird, right? But I realized that in the past, I had held myself back from doing things that I genuinely wanted to do because my significant other wasn't as interested in it as I was, or because I wasn't dating anybody and I felt like I didn't have someone to go with to do these things that I wanted to do, which is so sad, you guys, because I've missed out on concerts and movies and museum exhibits and festivals because I felt like I couldn't go alone. So I decided to flip the script and just take myself on those dates instead of waiting for somebody to go with, instead of waiting for somebody to take me. I went to a Jesse Reyes concert by myself and it was one of the best experiences I've had in a long time. And I know that it can be kind of awkward to do something alone. And I think that most of that anxiety just comes from worrying about what other people are going to think of you. But the reality is that nobody really cares. Most people probably won't even notice that you're there by yourself. And if they do, it's not even that much of a weird thing to enjoy experiences alone. So I highly recommend taking yourself on a date and doing something that you might normally reserve for a date with a loved one, but letting yourself enjoy it alone. Number 10 is therapy. This is something I personally haven't done, but I think it's important to put on this list because as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, breakups are hard enough as it is, but if you also live with anxiety or depression or any other variety of mental illness, breakups can be that much more intense. So if you're going through the motions and you're trying to practice all of this self-care and you find yourself still really in a low and negative space, you might want to try talking to a professional. I also mention this because while it's great to talk things out with your friends, it can also be emotionally draining for your support system if you are constantly leaning on them and they feel like they can't help you. So either going to see a counselor or a therapist in person or chatting with someone online through an app or service like BetterHelp or Talkspace. Again, this isn't for everybody, but if you really feel like you're struggling to get through things on top of your existing mental illness, this could be a great option for you. Finally, I want to leave you with some thoughts because I know that even equipped with a list of self-care practices, It's easy to just want to distract yourself from facing the underlying root of anxiety that comes with breakups, which I think is this feeling of not being good enough. This notion that if you were only X, Y, and Z, it might have worked out differently. If you had only tried harder or been prettier or funnier or whatever it is that you think you're lacking, that things might have worked out and that the relationship wouldn't have ended. 
But that kind of thinking is exactly the opposite of the self-love that you need and that you deserve right now. And here's the catch. If you're lacking self-love, it's really hard to be in any healthy relationship or to start a new relationship from a healthy place because all of that love and care and reassurance is predicated on someone else. That responsibility is taken off of you and placed onto your partner, and it's a lot of pressure and a lot of work to prop someone else up 24-7, which is why instead of trying to jump into another relationship or wish and pray that a past relationship worked out, now is the time to focus on your relationship with yourself. If you can arrive at a relationship with your glass already full, you can give that love to someone else versus waiting and expecting the other person to fill your glass up for you. The best relationships are mutually trusting and mutually giving, and it's hard to come into that if you are in a spiral of self-doubt and insecurity. So as much as you might be hurting right now, take this time to give kindness to yourself, to give love to yourself, and to improve yourself, because you are the only person who can decide which version of yourself you want to be. And nobody is holding you back from being exactly who you want to be, except for your inner critic. So here's to self-care, self-improvement, and self-love. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everybody. enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your love and support is to either subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud if you're not already subscribed. Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at selfcaresunday and recommend to a friend. Uh, We have lots of episodes with some really inspiring female entrepreneurs and different guests sharing their experiences and topics on mental health, self-care, creativity, entrepreneurship. And then I do these solo episodes every few weeks. So if you enjoy, please share. Let me know what you want to hear more of. And you can follow me at Kaylee.e, K-A-Y-L-E-Y dot E on Instagram, where I'm going to be doing some more polls for the podcast and just sharing more updates with you guys. So thank you so much again for listening and have a great self-care Sunday.